Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Coming up on today's podcast. The Holy Land is a place of claims. Jesus did this here. Jesus did that there. And here's the gift shop, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> you can make a lot of and money. You, and you have to walk through the gift shop to get exactly, out. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So sometimes people get a little suspicious or they get a little jaded or cynical about all these various claims. But ironically, what I can affirm for you is the most archaeologically verified site is the crucifixion and Easter resurrection site. Hello, friend. We're so glad to have you back again for another episode of the Spirit-Filled Media Podcast with host Deacon Steve Greco of Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry. Let's jump back into part two of Deacon's conversation with good friend Father Dave Heaney, pastor of St. Bruno's Parish in Whittier and longtime host of Relevant Radio's live daily rosary broadcast. Some may think of the rosary as a monotonous prayer, or maybe they just don't understand it. Well, get ready as we take a deeper dive into the powerful benefits and fruits of praying the rosary. Here again is Deacon Steve Greco as we pick up with part two of Our Blessed Mother. The rosary, I believe, brings us closer to Jesus, closer to a deeper relationship, and it can lead us to new and deeper insights about our life and the life of our Lord. Tell us more about that. That's the main goal of the rosary. And you know, this idea of contemplation is uh, kind of a lost art these days. If you think about it, so much of our day is spent where something else is in command of our thoughts. We're watching TV, so the TV program is guiding what we're thinking about, following the story. We're looking at our devices, right? Right. (laughs) Email, social media, even reading a book. Basically, all of these things have the same effect on us and that something else is directing our our attention. Think about this show. Think about this social media post. Contemplation is where I choose a topic and I stay on it. And I have chosen to think about this thing. So contemplation is a very self-empowering dynamic, which is, you know, a good thing because then you become, you practice self-control. You are in command of your thinking and command of your thoughts. And that's a good thing. The rosary is a way to do that. That's a very powerful way because, like we were saying earlier, by repeating all these Hail Marys and Our Fathers, it can kind of put you in a peaceful mood, right? Amen. It's a rhythmic idea. It's All of a sudden, you you find yourself being calm and peaceful, which is why Father Rocky wanted to do it during the rush hour. Exactly, <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> exactly when people need to be peaceful and calm. Right. Uh, or at the end of the day when, you know, you're, all these things have been building up during the day and you're kind of maybe in angst about uh, your family or the neighbor or whatever's going on. And so you pray the rosary and it kind of puts you into kind of a relaxed state. You're praying these rhythmic prayers. And then, especially with the mysteries, the, the, li- the life events of Jesus, you can reflect on these events and by definition, that will bring you closer to our Lord as you come to know more about his birth in Bethlehem, you know, being lost in the temple, all these different mysteries, even the crucifixion. By contemplating them with under your own power, your own thinking power, 
you will find deeper insights and, God willing, as we often say on the program, the answers to the problems that you are facing. Amen. We're talking about Mary and the Rosary, and the power of the Rosary to me is absolutely incredible because at the end of each uh, decade, you have listeners call in, correct? Right. Well, we have two things. We have email and and callers. So we finish the decade. We'll say the Fatima prayer, which is an option. So you can either do it or you're not, but we'll say that prayer. And then uh, Karen, who is saying the rosary with me or leading the rosary with me, she'll read one or two emails that people have sent in to relevantradio.com and very touching, very poignant. And then when she finishes those, I will go to the computer and I will click on a caller from as we say, from Maui to Maine. Wow. Uh, Maui to Maine. Because it's all 50 states. I'll see where the calls are coming from, and I'm not going to take them all from California, but I'll take them from Florida, from Maine, from Pennsylvania, from Chicago. Uh, Sometimes we get international calls because they're online. Interesting. And we get them from London. We got a call in Ontario, Canada. This is where it gets very poignant, Deacon. It's very moving, and sometimes I get a little caught up in emotions because... As the person calls in, you'll suddenly hear them get very emotional. And I think a couple of things are going on. One is just the nervousness of suddenly realizing that they're on the air. But they're also on the air with tens of thousands of people who are praying from all over the country. So they feel they are part of a community. Amen. And that solidarity. Like masses going on all over the world at the same time. That everybody is Prior to that call, only their immediate family or the immediate friends knew of their situation with their sick relative. Mm. And now everybody listening in across the country is listening in, and callers know the power of intercessory prayer. If somebody's calling in for an intention, they know that if people are praying for their sick relative, that means something. Where two or more are gathered in my name, right? There you go. Ask anything and she'll be granted to you. So, so important. Can you think of a story or two that comes to mind of a listener calling in and how the show has made a difference, praying the rosary? We have uh, a couple. This is a phenomenon that's, that's it's increasing now, and it's letting us know this kind of sense of community. Is, uh, somebody will call in, like, say, after the first decade. This is Mary from Maui. Mm-hmm. And she'll call in about a sick relative or getting a job or something like that. You know, maybe something that's really significant, you know, like this terrible accident occurred and my child is hurt. And then two decades later, somebody will call in from Alabama and say, this is Bob from Alabama, and I just want to add my prayers again for Mary from Maui. Wow. And let her know that we are in Alabama continuing to uh, pray for her. Wow. So that's That's powerful. We've seen that a couple of times, and it's it's just uh, remarkable. I think the other one is uh, sometimes we have children call in. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, the call screener at the station will cue me on it and say, you know, age 10 or age 12. And that person will call in and just in a very, very heartwarming say, you know, I want to pray for my mommy who's really sick. I want to pray for we're getting I'm getting a new brother, you know, and I want him to come into the world happy or something like that. It's very charming. And that's, uh, again, that family rosary idea when people of all ages are, are joining in. It's really cool. Now, who said the family that prays together stays together? As Father Patrick Payton. Oh, uh, tell us about that. And I actually have a special story about that. Uh, Patrick Payton uh, was the founder of Holy Family Ministries. And in the 50s and 60s, he went around the world organizing these massive rallies around the rosary. And I mean 
100,000 people would come to some football stadium and together pray the rosary. Wow. I remember going to the Coliseum yeah, I remember as, as a kid. Marian Hour. Marian Hour, yeah. And uh, Grace Kelly, Princess Grace mm-hmm. from Monaco, became his special uh, benefactor and, and uh, did a lot of promotional things for him. So he developed this phrase, the family that prays together stays together. And Holy Family Ministries has a, has a studio in Hollywood. They produce uh, films and uh, TV spots. So about 10 years ago, I got a letter from the Vatican. And I don't get too many letters. Yeah, I was going to say, that had to be a special day. It's the only letter I've ever gotten from yeah, the Vatican. Yeah, well, it's one more than... Uh, and it said, uh, Father Peyton is up for sainthood. Oh. That he's up for canonization. And one of the witnesses is his lifetime-long secretary who lives in your parish. Oh, my goodness. And we'd like to interview her. But canon law determines that only the pastor of the witness can interview that witness. I think for a comfort zone, you know, so that the witness is being interviewed by someone she knows or he or she knows. So they sent me a list of 200 questions. Oh, And I had to swear on a Bible that I was going to ask these questions exactly as written. You had to ask 200? Yeah, and we had a court reporter oh my, recording the that whole is thing. Incredible! This lady came in, very. She's a daily communicant, very faithful person, and we started the, the questions about Father Peyton. And the questions always returned to the same theme. It would be ten questions, and then a similar one. Ten more questions, and a similar one. And it was when Father Peyton encountered this opposition. What was his reaction? When someone tried to stop him from having a rally, how did he react? When this bishop wouldn't let him into his diocese, how did he react? In other words, how did he love his enemies? And the priest who was in charge was telling me that that's one of the main keys of what a saint is, is is how does a saint deal with enemies? You know, if things are going well, everybody does well. But if you can be holy and saintly, even in difficult times, that's one of the stronger indicators of saintliness. So just interesting that I had a connection with uh, kind of tangential, though, with Father Peyton, and years later I'm doing the rosary, and his organization is the sponsorship for it. God's hand is in everything, right? Amazing. And, and just, it's so, so important, my brothers and sisters, that we say yes to the Lord, but allow the Blessed Mother into our lives. And it's a gift to allow the Blessed Mother uh, to be part of our spirituality. Just to have that openness of mind. Again, our faith is centered around Jesus, but but don't make limits on your own faith. So be open to the intercession of the saints. Be open to the intercession of Mary. Be open to all of the aspects of our Catholic. We have a very rich Catholic faith. Amen. You know, so why why be limiting to it? Just be open to all the many ways that our faith can be uh, can express itself in your life. Why is prayer so difficult for? almost all of us, you know, at times. I mean, is it because of the spiritual warfare and the enemy doesn't want us to pray, and so distractions happen? But as you said, you go with the distractions, but practice makes perfect. And don't give up. Perseverance is so important. Yeah, and I I personally think that that prayer is sometimes difficult for people because they've made it too exalted. They've made it too difficult. They've made it too complicated. And I think they have not made it personal. If you're praying someone else's ideas— you're going to lose interest because they're not your ideas. Right. You know, you didn't invent them. They're not from you. But if you're, if you're praying from yourself, from, you know, really, you know, I, I always say when, you're, when you begin to pray, this sounds counterintuitive, but start with yourself. Yes. What's going on with you right now? And start with that. Because if you don't, 
your brain will be tapping you on the head saying you're, you're talking about the wrong thing. And so many times we're just busy, 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 busy. We never really stop to think about us and what is happening in my life. Where am I? Where's my spiritual inventory? I think a powerful history of prayer will be if, if you begin with that. In other words, don't consider the distractions or the things that you're going on in your life as your enemy. They are what you're doing. That's what you're about. So begin with that and bring and just simply bring that to the Lord. And then it'll be easy to move on to the exalted types of prayer later on. And sometimes, and everyone is different, but sometimes journaling is very important as it relates to prayer, to write our thoughts down. Right. Oh, I, I totally agree. I think that's a very, very, I, I love to write. And I've seen that what, what writing can do. It can organize your thoughts. You can finally make thoughts that are bouncing around your head like a ping pong ball kind of align themselves into some coherent form. So journaling at the end of the day can bring the day into a coherent form that you can at last understand. My brothers and sisters, we have a phenomenal gift called the rosary. We have a phenomenal blessing called the Blessed Mother and the saints and the angels. I give out rosaries. Like I go to the Holy... One of your favorite subjects, the Holy Land. Right. You know, I go to the Holy Land and I get those uh, olive wood rosaries. Beautiful. And I get five to seven hundred of them. And I'm wow. giving them out constantly because uh, we, as we've talked about before, I do pilgrimages. We lead pilgrimages to the Holy Land and I love to get them there. And giving out rosaries to me is such a huge blessing and for so many different reasons. Um, so people may say, well, I have a lot of different rosaries. Well, great. Well, then give this, give them away. Yeah, there you right? go. Right? Yeah. And so it's so important. And, and tell us about giving out rosaries. Do you agree with that, that that's... Well, we do that at St. Bruno. We have a beautiful ministry there where people make them. That's a very common thing. It's kind of an, a nice uh, action that people do is they'll craft them. And then we have a... But once a month, we have a table out there, and uh, people can take them. They can leave a donation if they want, or they can just take them. And then, of course, we also have the Olivewood people come twice a year. Ooh. And uh, they... I want to be there. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's awesome. They come right before Christmas and right before Easter, you know, kind of a gift-giving time. And um, these are people that I know. I mean, I, I visit their home in Bethlehem as well. So they're... So how do we find out when they're there? Their website or... I'll let you know. Okay. All right. So... But it's so, so important, my brothers and sisters, to really, in my opinion anyway, just try to pray the rosary and allow the Lord to guide you in praying the rosary. Now, one of the, the subjects that I want to touch on is something I believe near and dear to your heart from the last time you were on, and that's the Holy Land. Yes. Because I love to go to the Holy Land, as you do, and I love to go to the important Marian churches over there. And tell us about the Holy Land to you, especially as it relates to Mary, and as you go to Nazareth and and so forth, and Bethlehem. and uh, Nazareth is a, is a very powerful place. Uh, there is an archaeological site there. Reasonably, re- it's a reasonable inference that this is this was Mary's home. Mm. So we also there's also the well has been uncovered. Nazareth probably had had only one well, so the Annunciation would have occurred either at her home or her or at the well. Wow. That's where women wow. would have gone. So, and that's just—it's very meaningful to be there. We also go to Cana, you know, where we have right. uh, Mary's last words. But I think the, uh, the, you know, again, as a son of a scientist, you know, I liked evidence. I liked uh, data. And so, when we go to the different sites, we we talk about what is the archaeological evidence that this event occurred here or there. 
And just as an aside, ironically, the most archaeologically verified site in all of the Holy Land, the Holy Land is a place of claims. Jesus did this here, Jesus did that there, and here's the gift shop, right? So, <laughs> you can make a lot of and money. You, and you have to walk through the gift shop to get exactly, out. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, you know, sometimes people get a little suspicious or they get a little jaded or cynical about all these various claims. But ironically, what I can affirm for you is the, the most archaeologically verified site is the crucifixion and Easter resurrection site. That in itself. In the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Is a miracle. Yeah. And they're, bo- they're actually both within one building, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Which is amazing. Yeah. It's so, I don't know, your soul just bursts with joy when you're there, which yeah. is amazing. Almost every time I'm at the uh, Church of the Annunciation there in Nazareth, I start crying. And it's just, I'm so overwhelmed with love from the Blessed Mother, so overwhelmed with love. And one of the things that really moves me is all the murals out there that, you know, from all different countries depicting Mary to their culture, you know, in their way of showing Mary. Tell us about that. It's actually a parallel of a church that's on the Mount of Olives, the Paternoster Church. Sure, right? sure. So there you have, you know, tradition is, and again, a tradition, you know, that uh, Jesus taught the Our Father somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. So they built a church, and there are these large plaques, maybe two by three foot plaques, 160 of them all around the church, and each one is the Our Father in a different language. Yes. The yes. idea of if we have, if our Father, that means it's one Father over all, over all peoples of the earth, it's expressed by all these plaques with the different languages. And then that's paralleled at the, Nunci- at the Annunciation Church because there you have maybe 150 or so murals, images of Mary, sometimes Mary by herself, sometimes with Madonna and child. And they're amazing. But she is the mother of us all. Right. 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 So it's a beautiful parallel with that idea of the universality of Catholicism. Right. It is is something that joins all people on the planet. And along those lines, another place, and I'm not sure I'm pronouncing it right, but in Quran, you know, the where Elizabeth... In Karim. In Karim. Okay, there you go. In Karim, where... Uh, Elizabeth greeted with, I believe it was meant to be the home or was the home of Elizabeth where she greeted Mary and this incredible church on top of the hill, right? right, 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 right. Which is so moving. And my wife, Marianne, was there. We were there on pilgrimage and she went in and all these Russian uh, pilgrims were there and they were praising God and they were singing in a tune that Marianne recognized and she started singing it together and they they reached out to her and they're all holding hands together. You talk about united together yeah. under the, the, the guidance of the Blessed Mother, the intercession of Blessed Mother in this beautiful church. Tell us about that. You know, you know you, you actually, if you go to any of these places in the Holy Land, they're international places. Right. There are people there, you know, you could be on a bus, you go into the parking lot, you know, and you get off the bus and you're right next to a bus from people from Kenya or Nigeria. Oh, yeah. Or all India the time. Exactly. or Russia. You know, Amazing. the biggest, you know, the, what is becoming the fastest, largest group of tourists to the Holy Land now is Chinese. I didn't know that. The Chinese are adopting Christianity in by the millions. Oh, praise God. This is the country that under Chairman Mao and communist China did everything they possibly could to erase all religion. Wow. And there is speculation that by, you know, the year 20 or 30 or something like that, China will be the largest Christian nation on earth. You cannot extinguish the power of God. Amen. It cannot be extinguished 
by communism or by any military dictatorship. It's in our DNA. It will come up. Praise God. My brothers and sisters, we are blessed. We are blessed to be chosen, as it says in John fifteen sixteen. It is not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will remain because whatever you ask for, I go to the Father. The Blessed Mother said, listen to him and do whatever he says. Let the Blessed Mother guide us into a closer relationship with Jesus. Let the Blessed Mother help us through her intercession. And how do you bring as pastor, is there something you do as it relates to helping your parish get closer to the Blessed Mother? Is there anything along those lines? Our parish is blessed with a number of images in the church itself. Our Lady Perpetual Help divine mercy, kind of the, the regular picture, the statue of Mary that most churches have. So we have that, and they're all up in the front, and it's a devotional parish, too. We have a, a number of organizations, a number of groups that are focused on on Marian devotion, Marian prayers. Divine mercy is a big one. But I, that's, the, that's the thing, is that uh, p- people need a visual reminder. And so if you have those up front, I think that's kind of the beauty of the Catholic Church, too. It's very visual. It appeals to the senses. And so having the stained glass, having the statuary just reminds you, uh, oh, yes, there's that person. And then, of course, we refer to them in sermons. We both have this great love for the Holy Land. Another great love is Italy. (laughs) I just got back from pilgrimage in Italy. Really? Uh, They told us 53% of the world's arts in Italy. And after spending two weeks there, I can... I don't know if it's 53%, but it's it's high. But the pictures, the, the incredible art with the Blessed Mother, it just gets you closer to Jesus. Tell us about art and the Blessed Mother. Well, I, you know, I agree with what you say about Italy and art. I mean, they have so much art, they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> exactly. You know? uh, but it's, there, it's everywhere, and it's not just in church. And I think that's the really powerful thing of the Italian culture is that, you know, very common on a corner, on a street corner, the corner of the building, you know, which is a 90-degree angle will have a will be cut and there will be a statue of mary or somebody oh, absolutely in that niche kind of overlooking the intersection as people are honking their horns and <laughs> right, exactly running the red light or whatever but right. uh the uh the statuary and the and the religious art in italy is everywhere you, you it's everywhere inside buildings but it's, but even more amazingly outside as well. And they're spectacular wherever yeah. you go it's spectacular and the yeah. fountains of course oh i think i want to go back We are so blessed again to have Father Dave Heaney. What final thoughts do you have for our radio audience? You know, we've made the rosary very easy. If you sometimes, if you hand a rosary to someone and they don't know what to do with it, it can be, you know, they say they just kind of put it away someplace. But the rosary on the radio is is very easy for you to say to someone, say, well, why don't just listen tomorrow night and you'll see what it is. So rather than reading about it or hearing about it from me, you'll actually experiencing it. If you don't like it, Turn it off, but at least you'll be able to get your feet wet. So you can call in with your prayer intentions. You can email at rosary at relevantradio.com. Take the time to say yes to the Lord and yes to our Blessed Mother. Would you close us out in prayer, Father? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the gift of your Son and the person of Mary who makes him known to us in such beautiful and powerful and artistic ways, in ways that really connect with our soul. We ask that people be inspired to pray the rosary, to grow closer to their faith each and every day. We ask this blessing through Christ our Lord. Amen. 
Mm, that was one powerful conversation on the meaning and eternal benefits of praying the Holy Rosary. Friend, please click and share this podcast with at least one friend or family member so that they too can benefit from the profound words that we heard here today. And if you're brand new to our Spirit-Filled Media Podcast family, please drop us a note and introduce yourself. You can do so by visiting spiritfilledhearts.org. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Or email Deacon Steve directly at deaconsteve at spiritfilledhearts.org. Deacon Steve at spiritfilledhearts.org. He loves getting your emails. We'll see you again next time with Deacon Steve and the team. This podcast is a ministry of Spirit-Filled Media. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.